we've been talking about for um, a while, trying to get an understanding of a, a lot of things, but we've gone a lot of different directions in regards to sexuality. And as we go these different directions, these different directions need to be taught. And, uh, and we're happy to go those directions. It just makes the topic longer. And that's what's really happened, is that this topic has started to increase and the topic has gotten longer. So you really didn't, how do I say this, you didn't miss too much. And if you did miss something, you can find it on the webpage, you know, um, in regards to those things. But uh, when it comes to sexuality, we're re- we really, not necessarily, I'll probably repeat myself a couple times. Um, there's a couple things I just say over and over and over again. And um, we want the, the reason why I say it over and over again is because I want it in your mind, ingrained into your mind, because it's kind of the heartbeat of this sin in regards to sexuality, um, in regards to the sin and regards to the blessing um, of our sexuality, so those things. So we will be um, going that direction. Um, I do want to caution you and give you guys a warning that um, um, this is a, um, a tough topic's mature group. <laughs> and what I mean by uh, mature group is that um, we're just going to say it how it is, and you guys just take it in and deal with it when you walk out the door. <laughs> and uh, we're not going to water anything down. We'll just put it that way. You can always disagree. Everybody can disagree. But also, um, sexuality is not talked about. Um, and as a result of it not being talked about, um, often in our world, with our culture, talking about it a lot, um, I want you guys to look at the Bible, and I want it to, because it screams in the Bible, it to shout out loud in the Bible with clarity of God's purpose, God's mission, and God's blessing behind it. Because the culture and the internet is shouting out complete different direction in regards to the Bible. And we want to know exactly what the Bible says. So culture does not water anything down. And I will also tell you that the Bible does not water anything down and the deeper we get into the bible the more graphic it's going to get so next week i'll just tell you i'm just going to tell you right up front it's going to be graphic okay just let you know if you if you have a high score bring them here (laughs) if you have a four-year-old you can bring them here because they'll probably go right over the top of their head you know um and those things but i just want to caution you that the next week we're we're working on one chapter um, I'm going to work on half the chapter this week and half the chapter next week. It's a chapter in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 5. And as we're working on this chapter, we're going to see exactly what the intent of that chapter and the reason why it's written. Um, and, and as we do that and dig deeper and deeper into the Word, I just tell you that the Word never holds back. Preachers hold back. So I'm going to try not hold back. I'm just going to say it. I've said that before, is that the, the Bible is... a Rated R because it just says it the way it's supposed to say it. And preachers go up there, okay, I've got to filter this. I've got to try to, and, and we're just going to try not to, to filter it um, in that regard. So please forgive me if there's any for, sort of offense, but um, I don't care because we need it. <laughs> we need it. So, yeah, two weeks off and I'm in trouble. I almost did next, this, next week's lesson today. I thought, no, because we'll probably have a whole bunch of new people. And they'll go, what in the world are you talking about in this class? But um, So I thought we'll just do the No, we'll just work through the chapter. And I'll tell you that we're going to go through every piece of the chapter. So if you guys want a prelude, take chapter 5 of Proverbs and read it. Um, and take chapter 7 of Proverbs and read it. Um, they, they, it doesn't water anything down. Um, if you read it in the context that it's written, it's like, <laughs> all right, we got to talk here. And that's what the Bible says. we got to talk here. You, church, wake up. That's what the Bible's screaming um, in regards to um, sexuality, and that's what we're, we'll definitely be talking about. So in the Bible, we hear, number one in our notes, God pleads for you to stay away from sexual sin. Um, does anybody disagree with that? If you've ever read the Bible before, of course you don't disagree with it. Why? Because through the pages of the Word of God, it is pleading, stay away, stay away, stay away, stay away. Do not engage, do not engage, do not engage. Stop, 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 stop. Um, the basis of the thing that I keep repeating, why is it pleading to keep us away? And the reason why it's pleading to keep us away is because the physical act of sex is not just a physical act. It is a deep-seated emotional act that changes the inside of your being. And the examples I consistently do is um, give you is that if you were raped as a child, 
how come you can't get over it if it's a physical act? That's not correct. If you're raped as a child, you can't get over it. You struggle with it, and you don't forget it, and it continues to even haunt you, and it continues to, to steer you and turn you with guilt, anger, frustration, many, many issues. And if it was just physical, it wouldn't do that to you. The culture will never tell you that sex is an emotional act. They'll always tell you it's physical. In and out, no big deal. Oh, you can have this relationship, you can have that relationship. Hey, let's do a twosome, let's do threesome. You know, let's, let's, no, there's no emotion about it at all. That's what the culture sells, and the Bible is selling something completely and entirely different. It's selling a one-flesh relationship that brings a physical act into an emotional connection that is powerful and strong. Therefore, God's plan for it is going to be rich. Satan's plan for it is going to absolutely ruin and destroy and slaughter um, in regards to um, our sexuality. So if you're teaching kids, teaching grandkids, teaching young children, um, you know, talking to them about sex, if the, the Bible is just talking about sex, you want to start from that end, is that you'll never get this anywhere except the Bible. And, and, and the, the Bible is explaining it is an emotional connection that is extremely powerful. And that is why a woman would much rather be beaten than raped. Because if a person was beaten, it did not get the emotional grip on them like if they were raped. And that's why they, that's why they, they speak in that regards. So it's an emotional act. And therefore, God pleads you to stay away from sexual sin. Be careful with it. Watch out. It's fire. It's hot. Um, but why? Why is he pleading? Um, God doesn't... Um, the reason why he's pleading is because um, it's in our best interest to stay away from it. <laughs> in other words, if it's so emotional, God says, okay, remember sexual sin is emotional. Pornography is going to be emotional in a direction that's not going to be healthy. Um, it's also going to explain that your mind thinking about somebody outside of your mate is going to be an emotional connection that is going to be unhealthy. God doesn't want to limit us. God does not want to bind us. God wants to set us free and wants that freedom comes from our emotion. The freedom doesn't come from our actions. Again, that's not what the world says. The world says, I want to be free. Therefore, my behavior can be whatever my behavior wants it to be. That's a lie. That's a stupid lie. Freedom doesn't come from behavior. Freedom comes from the inside rest, peace, joy, happiness. So if you want to be free and says, okay, I want to be free, therefore my behavior can do whatever I want, and you look at all those people that are doing exactly whatever they want, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's multiple wives, whether it's sleeping with multiple adulteries, whether it's not getting married and sleeping consistently with anybody that you want, those people are not free. You might say, well, they look free. They get to make their decisions to do whatever they want. They're, they're not free. And the reason why they're not free is because they have something inside of themselves called a heart that every act... Because remember, sex is powerful. Every act that is outside the will of God is doing something to their heart that is bringing them shame, that is making them feel like dirt, that is bringing them anger. And if you say, well, I disagree with that, or if they say you disagree with it, it's proven. And how is it proven? Where does pornography lead you? It leads you further and further and further into corruption with zero satisfaction. What pornography does, and we're going to talk at length about this in a, in a couple weeks, two, three weeks, um, is that it goes into the mind, it goes into the heart, it changes you that the normal and the natural no longer is attractive to you, is attractive to you, so you've got to step into something else. And then after you step in something else and you feed it and you feed it and feed it, then you've got to go to another direction. And then you've got to continue to go, continue to go, until I've always asked the question, how in the world could you have sex with a child? You just think about this, it's just... Mm, just makes you, makes you angry. Even desire a child, or even be turned on with a child. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens, I'm going to toy with this, I'm going to toy with this, I'm going to toy with this, I'm going to toy with this. And what happens is it's so emotional, it is building you into literally a monster if we start getting away from God's plan and God's, God's direction. So therefore, the Bible is consistently pleading that you stay away from sexual sin. And Proverbs is as well. Okay, number two, 
The reason why, God's, why God pleads is because sexual sin is going to cost you more than you want to pay. Now, there's multiple reasons why God pleads, but according to this passage, specifically in Proverbs, um, God's saying, stay away from it. And the reason why I stay away from it is because you're going to pay. And you're going to pay more than you want to pay. Um, what do I mean by that? Um, I used to take my dog for a walk, excessively take my dog for a walk, and uh, my dog likes um, to chase things. And when we go out in the night, what takes place is there's often skunks out there. And as there's skunks out there, I have wisdom. And my wisdom is if that dog goes after that skunk, that dog will hate it. That dog will pay. That dog will despise it. And I will tell you that he goes after, he gets sprayed. And I'm sorry, I'm a pastor. I shouldn't do this. But I want to take him around the hands around the neck and say, you stupid idiot. I told you not to. Would you get a brain on your shoulders? That is exactly what God's doing to us in regards to sexual sin. Chase it. Feed it. You specifically will hate it. You specifically will be miserable. You specifically will be ruined. Not everybody else. I mean, it goes beyond the whole family, the whole dynamics. Everything's going to be ruined. But you specifically will despise it. Where do we get brutality and pornography? Where do we get that kind of garbage? We get that kind of garbage of feeding a soul of something that's not in God's design, and it is so emotional that it literally does turn you into a monster. And you hate it, the whole process, as you do it. So, Proverbs 5, we're going right through the book, and he's going to say, explain, um, he's going to explain the reason, everything that it's going to cost you. But here's the start of it. Proverbs 5, 1 through 6. My son, this is speaking, Proverbs is speaking to a, a group of young men. That's what Solomon is doing, speaking to a group of young men. And I will tell you, he is very strong when he's preaching. Shut up and listen. Pay attention and don't sleep. That's what he's trying to say. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen well to my words of insight, that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey. It's going to be good. You're going to look at it. You're going to see it. It's going to be out there. It's going to be on TV. It's going to be on your phones. And you know what? It's honey. It looks good. But he's explaining. And her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths are crooked, but she knows it not. Um, she doesn't understand what's taking place. Is we got girls that, you know, and this is, I'm, I'm speaking in the category of men, but it kind of goes in the category of both, um, just in one sense. He's speaking to children, to young men, saying, have wisdom in regards to sexuality. And that's what the whole book is going for, but he's saying she doesn't understand even what she's doing. We have that in our culture. Women just wear anything. I tell my daughters, you have no idea how powerful your body is. No idea. And they don't. They just don't have any idea. I mean, just in a sense of of how powerful is the body. A man functions this way, a girl functions this way. Women carry that power and she doesn't even know it, but if he is, if it, if her, and this is lustful thinking, if her is in his mind, it's going to his heart, and she doesn't know it, and her end is going to be death, and it is going to be sharper than a two-edged sword, if you sit there and think about it, if you sit there and soak on it, if you sit there and meditate on it. What happened is that Satan's design in regards to sex, and his design in regards to everything, is... Live for the moment, take the moment, eat the honey, take what is in front of you, swallow it because it is good. God never lives in the moment. God has always lived in the future, and that is the opposite of God and Satan. The moment will slaughter you, the future will save you. Therefore, if you are looking at the moment and you are being captivated by her, Don't forget, she's as sharp as a two-edged sword, and you won't feel it when you taste it. 
but you will definitely feel it afterwards. You will, it will cost you. So what does it cost you? I'm just going to go right down the book of Proverbs. Um, It will first cost you your strength. Again, speaking from a man's point of view, you guys take it as a lady as well because it's the same thing. What do men want to do? Men want to be tough. What do women want to do? Women want to be strong too. They want to be anchored. They want to be beautiful. They want to walk in a room and say, oh boy, I am respected. I'm strong. Men want to walk in a room and say, wow, this guy's a leader. This is a guy I can lean on. This is a guy I can listen to. This is a guy that I can respond to in a sense of, I need help. And he can explain to me how I can make it through life. Men want to be tough. Men want to be powerful. Men want to be secure. Men want to be under control. I'd say the same thing. Women want to be powerful. Um, just in the sense, powerful to have influence on people, powerful to have um, a connection in their job, powerful to have ministry. This is what we want all the way through life. Everybody wants that. And if you watch any movie, <laughs> you will see it. You will see it. Men want to take, or women want to take guys away with their power in a romantic relationship. And you know what? That's great. That's it's human. That's beautiful. That's strong. Yes, women should be taking guys away and holding on to guys with their power. Men want to rescue ladies, and res- ladies come right up next to them and say, oh, you're the man. You give me strength. You give me security. This is all God's designed, and it's all designed under exclusivity. This is what the man, husband, is supposed to have for his lady. And I'll tell you that, and we're going to talk a lot about it, the woman's design is to have so much power inside the exclusive relationship that she is sweeping the man away. And as she is sweeping the man away, I will tell you that that man's heart, that man's joy, that man's peace, oh, I am so in love with my wife. You see what's taking place? Yes, we're starving for power. Yes, we're starving for security. It's just the way it is. Yes, we're starving for control. We're starving for that. And God's plan when it comes to sexuality is take hold of it and don't lose it. And the way you don't lose it is be extremely exclusive. But you want to play around with not being exclusive. And this is what I mean by not being exclusive. Yeah, I'll make love to my wife. But I'll also view other things on the computer. I'll also view other things um, when I go to the beach. I'll also, or even ladies, I love the romance novels. I'll also view somebody a lot more stronger than my husband and sweeping me off my feet. Somebody gives me a little more secure in her husband and uh, my husband. What happens is as soon as that starts happening, our strength is going to be gone. Proverbs 5, 7. Now then, my sons, he's speaking again. Listen to me. This is, I'm not repeating. That's what he said at the beginning. He's saying it again. Can you see the pastor? He's like, listen, listen, listen. You guys have to listen. Now, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Is that your wife? Next week, we're going to see it's not your wife because he's going to tell you to go after her. <laughs> Fast, hard, aggressive. But he's not there yet. You keep your path far away from an adulterer, far away from somebody that is not yours, far away from any other body specifically than what you have, far away from her. I got to find my spot again. Do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your best strength to others. Are you a strong man? And what does a strong man look like? A strong man looks like somebody who is under control. A strong man looks like somebody who carries a power that I am not going to the left, I'm not going to the right, I'm going to do exactly what I'm supposed to do, stay away from evil. What does a strong man look like? A strong man looks like a rock that people can lean on, a rock that makes people, a rock that makes their children, or makes their wife. A strong man looks like somebody that you can lean on and say, can you give me wisdom? What happens is that we lose our strength the second we take our mind and start, because given the power of sex, the second we take our mind and start feeding it somewhere else, then you are no longer a strong man, and it is taking you a direction that you will lose absolutely everything that is underneath your feet. Everything that God has given you to be responsible for. And it's all coming down in regards to sex, according to this chapter. So come down in regard to sex. 
If you want to lose your strength, tell you how to do it. Have an affair. Commit adultery. Be obsessed with images that are coming to your mind. It's a process of losing your strength. And it says, well, nobody sees it. It's something very small. It's something very, um, something very tiny. No one understands it. It's not hurting me. All of a sudden, it's not hurting you. It's leading you towards something that is going to take absolutely everything away from you. And you will stand up and you will say, I am no longer strong. That's what you're going to lose. This is what it's going to cost. We can play with it. It's going to cost you. What's it going to do? It's going to cost you your strength. Next thing it's going to cost. Four, it will cost you your peace. Proverbs 7 through 9. This is just quoting the Bible. I'm just trying to just, you know, just hang it, just give it to you because these aren't my words. Proverbs 5, 7. Lest you give your best strength to others and your years to one who is cruel. I've never had anybody walk in my office and say, I committed adultery. And it's one of the best things I have ever done in my life. Never had somebody come to my office and say, you know, I am addicted to porn. And I am excited about the life that it gives me. I'm excited about the, the joy that it gives me. I'm excited about the peace that it gives me. I feel like a new man as I've been grabbed a hold of this stuff. No, no nobody ever does. Nobody ever walks into your office because... God knows psychology and he understands it because he created and says, do you know what you do when you have sexual mind outside of God's will? When you have sexual sin outside of God's will? Is your heart is going to be given to somebody else. It's going to be given to cruel, according to this passage, to what? The years of someone who is cruel. What is that? Who is that? Um... I think we can look at, say, okay, it probably is Satan. You know, Satan um, absolutely is there, but I'd also go through every single sort of dynamic. What I mean by every single sort of dynamic is that I've been in counseling sessions where there has been emotional affairs, and I've been in counseling sessions where there has been affairs. Um, the innocent party um, hurts deep. And when you hurt somebody extremely deep, there's something that comes out of your fingernails. I'm just going to give you an example. And you know what it is? It's claws. Whenever we hurt so deep, we want to hurt worse. It happens, I'm not in regards to sex, it happens everywhere, but remember how powerful sex is? Sex is an emotional thing. And when it hurts you so deep emotionally, I will tell you the claws come out hard. And do you know what the claws say? The claws say, do you feel my pain? And the person that committed adultery says, yes, I do. And the claws say, no, you don't. (laughs) And then they keep on coming, and 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 they keep on coming. And there's no peace, even in the relationship. It's like, how in the world do I survive a relationship after I had an affair? Because the pain is coming out, and what happens when it comes out is cruel. It's mean. It's nasty. It hurts. Claws come out from your children. Why was my family destroyed? Why was my relationship destroyed? And what it does, it comes out hard. It comes out mean. This is just what happens in regards to sexual sin. Saying, don't play with it. Because if you play with it, you will get the claws of children. You'll get the claws of your family. You'll get the claws of the media. <laughs> what I mean by the media. What do you mean by the media? How in the world, this drives me crazy, why in the world is Tiger Woods uh, talked about negatively? I mean, yes, he slept with a whole bunch of ladies. But the whole media tells us to sleep with a whole bunch of ladies. You know what they do? The media tells you to do something, and if you do it, they throw you under the bus. <laughs> you ever notice that? The whole culture, do this, it's wonderful. And then as soon as somebody famous does it, they throw them under the bus. See, God's plan is deep-rooted into our culture, whether we even like it or not. Because our culture even responds with claws. And I will tell you that our news loves it. And I said, I can't believe Tiger Woods would do this. I cannot believe President Clinton would do this. Well, you're selling it on the movies, (laughs) But yet, the second it happens, you're thrown on a bus. There is no freedom in sexual sin, whether you're saved or not. 
There is no freedom in sexual sin, and there's no mercy, and there's no peace from anybody, but I will say from God. (laughs) But if we're going to live that way, there's no peace from anybody in regards to it. It will cost you your peace. That's the word of God. People ask, do you really believe God is real? (laughs) If you start looking at our culture that we live in, and you start looking at the Bible, the Bible is written specifically to me right now in 2019, and it says, Mike Dadera, your strength will be gone if you play with it, and your peace will be completely wasted. Proverbs 6, 27, can a man scoop fire into his lap with his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without the feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished period. Nobody. And if it's in secret, it will never remain in secret. It never remains in secret. It all comes to the surface one way or other. Um, I better start moving here pretty fast. Number five, it will cost you your wealth. You want to get rid of the national debt? Everybody wants to get rid of the national debt. How do you do it? How do you get rid, what is it, 22 trillion or something like that? 20 trillion? I, I don't know. How do you get rid of the national debt? You know how you get rid of the national debt? <laughs> this is how you get rid of national debt. You take the family and you design it perfectly how God designed it to be. Where no mind is going to go outside the marriage. All love and peace is going to go inside the marriage. The home is going to grow because if the home grows, What? The economy grows. Think of the trillions of dollars that go out to emotional damage, emotional mess, emotional people, emotional disaster. Well, what is that? It's it's sin, and it also carries a weight, a large weight of sexual sin. Why? Because we're just let's just play with it, and all of a sudden it just comes in and just bakes. I mean, it just tears everything away. Get rid of the national debt. Put every family and make it perfect. And if you make it perfect under the God's plans, I can guarantee that this would be the most prosperous nation you have ever seen in your entire world with a focus that is corrected. The reason why is if you make the family right, then the job's going to be right. The careers are going to be right. Everything is going to be right. And they have a term for everything being right. And do you know what that is? It's heaven. <laughs> so it's not going to happen on this side of the earth. But that is how to do it. So you can think in your mind, I want everything to be right in regards to my finances, in regards to my strength, in regards to um, my peace. Well, sexual sin, this pastor's talking in in the Proverbs, saying it's a focus, you want to stay away from it because everything's going to get destroyed. And you say, well, you know, uh, a divorce isn't that expensive, really. (laughs) It doesn't matter how rich you are, it's, it's, (laughs) it's gone. gone. Probably the fastest way you can take it um, away from you. Proverbs 5.10 this is just going specifically through the verse to continue to walk through it. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich another man's health. I'm explaining to you that if you get sexual sin, your wealth is going to go to somebody else. You are destroying your family structure, your family income, your family dynamics, and everybody's like, I got to play alimony, I got to do this, I got I to split in half. It just, if you want to know how to go bankrupt, let me tell you how to do it. Go have enough. Fair. <laughs> I mean, go commit an adultery. I have five wives. Have ten wives. Do whatever you want sexually. You will definitely go, and I'm talking financially, you will definitely go bankrupt, according to Proverbs. Proverbs 6, 26. For the prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread. But this guy has wisdom, doesn't he? <laughs> you want to lose your wealth? Yeah, she'll reduce you to a loaf of bread. And the adulteress preys upon your very life. She's taking everything away from you. No longer yours, she's taking everything away. Proverbs eleven twenty two. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. Um, what does that verse mean? Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. Um, well, let me give you a, a little example of what that means. Is so we have cows. Um, and in our cows, we have to do some medical procedures every once in a while. We do call the vet, but we had to do this medical procedure. And my daughters were too young. My daughters are usually the one that banned all my cows. But they were too young, so it had to be my wife at this time. And um, my cow had a horrible 
um, I would say congestion problem. It was pneumonia, which ended up killing the cow. But snot was just blowing out of her nose. I mean, it was just thick, massive amounts of snot. Absolutely disgusting. And walking, it was just drip and drip and drip and drip. And so the vet came out and says, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give the cow a shot. And we've got to break this infection so the snot just stops running out. And um, so um, he showed us how to, to do the shot. And um, the way that you control a cow is you take your finger or a ring, this is how you control a bull, and you put it in their nose just like this. And if you put it um, in your nose like this, you can lift the cow and you can do whatever you want. It can be a huge bull. That's why if you ever see a bull, they got these nose rings. The reason why is because they can lead around like a, like a, like a, a puppy dog. Because if that bull starts to do what he wants, all you have to do for the 2,000-pound bull is knock it off. Because that nose right there carries a complete control of the cow. So here my wife and I, we're going to go get this cow a shot. Now we don't have, you know, the high-tech gear. And so I said, honey, I won't give you the job of taking your hand in the middle of that snot grab a hold of that nose because I'm a good husband. <laughs> I will do that. I will grab a hold of that nose where that snot runs and I will pull it up. And when I pull it up, you're going to have to do this one. You're going to have to take the needle and you have to stick it in the cow's butt and then go there. She's okay. I can do this. I can do this. So I said, all right, honey, here we go. So what I do, take my hand and I just grab piles and piles of snot. I pull it. His eyes go to the back of the head. I said, all right, give it a shot. My wife takes the needle and goes... It doesn't go in. <laughs> I'm like, stop, shove it in. I'm like, hurry. It doesn't go in. I don't think this thing works. I said, honey, grab the nose. She, goes, oh. she grabbed the nose, lifted up, lifted up. Oh, snot was running down her like crazy. I grabbed the needle. I shot its butt, and it, and it worked. And my wife was just full of the garbage all over her. What does that verse mean? Like a gold ring. What's that gold ring for? It looks beautiful. That gold ring is your control. That gold ring is your peace. That gold ring is a something that comes, and as soon as it comes, it is a beautiful thing. I'd go to any bowl that had a gold ring. Why? Because I can control it. I can love it. I can pet it. I can do anything because I have that gold ring. That gold ring is beautiful. Look at the verse. That gold ring in a pig's snout is what? Beautiful. But what happens? When you pull it close, it's a pile of snot that just <laughs> drenches your whole body. That's what that verse says. This is the way guys live. Look at her body. Look how beautiful she is. And we get our perspective. This is what I want. I want this and I want that. I want the sex. I want, the, I want somebody who wants me. And then they, and they start thinking about that. This verse is saying she's nothing but a gold ring. Because sometimes if you pull her close, it's not going to come down. <laughs> it comes to adultery. She looks beautiful. She looks beautiful, more beautiful than my wife. She's, she's got what I want. She's, she's paying attention to me. She's talking to me. Yeah, she's a gold ring. Pull her close. I dare you. Because when you pull her close, there's no beauty. There is no beauty behind it. Take pornography. It's a gold ring. Pull it close. Bring it right into your system and watch the snot just come down. And when people walk in the door and they're drenched with snot and their family's ruined and everything's taking place, that's just ugly and garbage, they say, why? They don't understand that verse. Number six, it will cost you your joy, comfort, and energy. Does anybody want to pay for it? It'll cost you your peace. It'll cost you your wealth. It'll cost you your joy. It'll cost you your comfort. It'll cost you your energy. And it'll cost you your strength. Do we want to pay for it? Proverbs 5.11, at the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and body are completely spent. This is under the topic of adultery, saying at the end of your life, you will groan. The top rate of suicide is among young people. It's top rate. Um, the, I'm not going to go into the details of why it's a top rate, but do you know what the second one is? The second one is midlife. And the reason why midlife is a top rate is because many men, and it's with men, have taken their sexuality and they've thrown it on the streets. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. They have thrown their sexuality on the streets. They've grabbed hold of anything they want and it has done nothing but destroy them to the point where the heart and their soul is just sick of themselves. So sick that suicide is an, an option 
is an option um, for them. I had a person that came in my office that explained that um, he's gone through multiple affairs. He goes, I committed adultery nine times with my wife, and, um, and now she wants to leave me. I'm like, I would have told her to leave the first time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would say that. Nine times, and now she wants to leave me. And um, I said, well, we have a God that can forgive. We have a God that can mend. And we have a God that can work. And it is going to take a powerful God to be able to do this. And uh, he says, yes, I'll do everything um, I need to do for that powerful God. So I continue the conversation. And he says, the reason why I commit adultery is my wife won't give me this. My wife won't do this. My wife doesn't do this for me. She doesn't act like this for me. My wife is not sexually satisfying to me. And, um, and give me advice on how to make her that way. <laughs> I looked at her. <laughs> you know what I said? You'll die alone. You'll die alone. Because what happens, we've, we've gone completely gotten to so sexual crave minds that we destroy everything we love. And when we destroy everything we love, we're groaning on our deathbed and say, what did I ruin? And I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm talking about everybody that has said, I am going to have freedom with my sexual life and my sexuality. I'm going to do whatever I want, whenever I want. This is their end right here. They will die alone. Proverbs 6, 32. But a man who commits adultery lacks judgment. Whoever does so destroys himself. Blows and disgrace are his lot. And the shame will never be wiped away. Just last month I had a... Um, um, I mean, last, last month I had a um, phone call. that was for my brother, actually. And, and I have a, uh, somebody in seminary that had a great influence on me. Uh, he was my um, expository preaching pastor. So if I've ever grown in preaching, I'd give him the credit. <laughs> this guy was just absolutely, um, absolutely amazing. I took every class that he had to offer because his wisdom was so rich and strong. And, and he taught with John MacArthur. And, and uh, my brother called and said, did you, did you hear what happened? And uh, he was having an affair. And it's just like, you know, the ache, the hurt, the pain. And, um, and then we see, we see it, you know, and other people, those that are just carrying big, huge, powerful churches, all of a sudden they're having an affair. Um, I would do anything, I'm thinking two people, individual, to think of their name and think of, oh, I thank you, God, for them. But for some reason in my mind, it's like, ah, oh, why? Every time I think of their name. You don't get rid of it. The shame just comes out. It is there. And, and we don't want it. We don't want it to happen. We don't want to feel it. But it carries the power to do it. And we've got to watch it. Because don't play with it. The reason why is because the shame will be attached to your name. And if it is, um, uh, it's going to devastate everybody around. Uh, Proverbs seven twenty two. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to a slaughter. This is a person who's following uh, an adulterer. He says, okay, I will go after her. I will go after her. And as he goes after her, he says, an ox led into the slaughter. He's still going. He, his brains are gone. Still going. What's going to happen? He's going to get completely butchered. Like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare. Like, like knowing it will cost him his life. And do you know what he still does? He still walks. <laughs> That's the power of sex. That's a power that we have got to watch out. Because why would David, the king of Israel, a man after God's own heart, look at a woman and not have the power to step away? That example is given there because I think it's an example saying sex is powerful. Why would presidents, why would all these people that carry all this power, all this glory, all this wealth, sex is powerful. And we're even going to get more into that, explaining the power of it. But it is powerful, and we are so powerful that we are walking to the slaughter, and people do it day after day after day after day after day, and they get destroyed, and they still will do it again and again and again and destroy everything around us. And they go, why? The same thing as Romans. Why do I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I need to do? Those things start coming out. Number 10, how are you going to combat this? Say there's a sex, sexuality, I want... 
Oh. Am I reading other verses? I'm sorry. I'm just starting to talk up here. Um, oh, how about seven? Did I give you seven? You bring you to brink of ruin. Okay. Let's uh, um, simply, so I gave you the wrong one. The ox to the slaughter. That was my last one. I jumped to that page. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm way ahead of the game. I like the ox to the slaughter. You know, the ox to the slaughter? That guy that says, I committed adultery nine, nine times and I need my wife to do what I need to do. I said, read chapter 7 every day for two months solid. Never saw him again after that. <laughs> Proverbs seven twenty four. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn, away, turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of what? Absolute death. Number eight, am I on track? It will cost you your freedom. What does the world say? We are free to choose. Is that biblical? (laughs) Is it right in in our psyche? Is it right in our mind? Is it right in our heart that we are free to choose? Next week, I'm starting, um, I'm starting a, uh, um, a series on the book of Proverbs, and we're going to go through wisdom and how to get it. And so you guys can take this, because we won't touch this deep into it, mostly in the sexuality, but we don't have the right to choose. Why? Because God knows what we need, and we are stupid. We don't have the right to choose. If we want life, we let God choose for us, and it's in his word so I can look at it, take it, and feed myself so I can have freedom. And if you choose to step away from God, freedom is not yours. You do not get freedom if you think you can have freedom in your sexuality. And that's a lie from the enemy and a lie from our culture. And the Bible is very clear. Proverbs 5. Why be captivated, my son, by an adulterer? Captivated, let's just put it this way, is chains around the neck. Your mind is consumed. Your heart is sold. That's what captivated means. It means she has me. Remember, if she has you, your wife, you, your wife doesn't. Your children doesn't. Your money doesn't. Nothing else has you. Why be captivated? And people get this way. Captivated by an adulteress. Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his past. The evil deeds of the wicked man ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. And he goes. Just to bring this up, many people go, oh, I'll never commit adultery. Um, just to think about how adultery works. Adultery works in the, first in the eyes and then the mind. And adulteries are all baby steps. Um, and the way that Judas sold Jesus is his mind was going and his heart was being consumed with the finances that Jesus brought in. And for three years... His heart was there, and Jesus' was over here. And as soon as his heart was there, and Jesus was over here, he got tempted. And when he got tempted, what did he do? <sighs> Sell the guy. And, um, and when we know his story, he went out and hung himself. That's how sexual sin works. Sexual sin works. I can toy, I can play, I can look, I, nobody sees. But all this doing is giving you your God as it captivates you, according to that verse, and as it binds you, according to that verse, and as it captivates you, and as it binds you, a temptation takes place, you're already lost. You're already wasted. Temptation takes place, and it's there. So the only way to look at the temptation, regard temptation, is to watch your mind and heart absolutely right now towards anything that's even small, because it's going to be going that, um, it's going to be going that direction. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen: The mouth of an adulteress is a deep pit. He who is under the Lord's wrath will fall into it. Okay, moving along, um, number nine. It's going to give you guys a chance to ask questions, but I'm not going to give you a chance to ask questions. Number nine, it will cost you your life while you live. There's a lot of dead people out there um, while they're alive. And what I mean by dead people while they're alive is their heart is dead, their emotions are dead, um, their, their personality is dead. Remember the verse that says, God will give you a heart of flesh. I'll allow you to feel something. I'll allow you to see something. I'll allow you to, allow you to be a human being. A lot of people don't live like that. A lot of people live with a hard heart. 
that will not let anybody in, not let anybody touch you, and all you do is resist, 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 and the reason why is power of sexual sin gives that to you. Proverbs 5.23, he will die for the lack of discipline, led astray by his own great folly. And then Proverbs 7, all at once he followed her like an ox going, oh, this is my verse, an ox going to the slaughter. This is the verse I read all the time. Do I want to go to an ox to the slaughter? Well, there is an opportunity. I better stay away from it. All at once followed to an ox to the slaughter like a deer stepping into a noose till, a narrow, until the arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing of it, it will cost him his life. How do you combat sexual sin? Now, when it comes to combating um, sexual sin, and that's number 10, just kind of looking at how do we combat it, um, I'm going to go into great detail after I talk about pornography and you know, a whole bunch of different things as we continue to talk on how to get very, very specific, how to combat it. But I'm just going to give you a really fast, um, because I don't have time anyway, a really fast, um, 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 what do you call it, a really fast view of it. Overview, a really fast overview, thank you. A really fast overview um, of how to, how to conquer it. A lot of people say, okay, the way I'm going to conquer sin is I'm going to take my behavior and I am going to make it happen correctly. I will not, 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 I will not. That's not the way to conquer it. You can't. Why? Because you're speaking to your hands. You're speaking to your body. You're speaking to your actions. You cannot combat sin by taking your body and controlling your body. Because <laughs> the thing that controls your body is your heart. And if the heart is never changed and the behavior is, the behavior will go back to wherever the heart is at under any circumstance. The heart has to be completely and entirely changed if behavior is ever going to be changed. And if you don't focus on the heart and focus on the hands, you're never going to combat the power of, the power of sexual sins. You've got to focus on the heart. And how do you focus on the heart? Number A, be born again. You've got to be born again. There's a concept in the Bible that says you can be born again. What does that mean? That means you can start new. <laughs> that means you can start fresh. You know, I talk about all these things that sexual sin will cost you. And if somebody walks in my office and says, I've committed adultery nine times, am I going to say, you are a dead man? No, because that's not what the Bible says. What the Bible says is that you can be born again where your past is gone and your heart is absolutely new and you can only do that through christ nothing else offers you those pieces of that if you want your heart to change if you want your actions to change your heart must change and if you want your heart to change the only way it's ever going to happen is if god touches your heart and being born again that's the concept i am born again i can start over my goal, if two people come in and say, okay, adultery's taking place and, and ugliness is taking place, what do we go back to? We go back to, we've got to be born again. <laughs> in other words, let's put Christ in the center of this. And the reason why you put Christ in the center of it is because your sins can be washed away, you can start over as a new person, and you can start over as a new couple, but do it under the leadership and under the guidance of God and make, make this happen. John 3, 3 through 8. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Talk about the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? Well, in the kingdom of God, there is a king and there is a dome. <laughs> and what that means is there is a king and then there is a dome. Are you on this planet without the king? No. No, the king's here. The king's, the king's in our heart. That's the, the king is here. You have him now. Do you want to be born again? First, take the king. <laughs> right to the direction. You take the king, and you cannot go into the kingdom. What is a kingdom? The kingdom is a place of freedom, a place of rest, a piece of joy, a piece of happiness. It is a kingdom that is going to be absolutely gorgeous and absolutely beautiful. Heaven! But that kingdom can be on earth. I'm not saying to the fullest extent, but can be on earth because you got the king and then you can get a taste of heaven on earth. If what? You are born again. There is Christ now in you. I wash my sins away. I can forgive her. I can forgive him. We are a new unit. We are new people. And now we're going to walk together under this harmony. It's the only way that you're going to be able to do it. I'm going to run out of time really fast. How can a man be born again? Born when he's old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb when he's born. 
Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You need to have the Spirit in your relationship. Yeah, you can do flesh, 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 flesh. Take Jesus and stick it inside of your relationship if you want a taste of the kingdom here on earth. You want a taste of the peace, the joy, the happiness here on earth. Um, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. There is a wind out there that you have no idea what it is. It's called the Holy Spirit, not specific wind, but there is a movement inside your relationship where there can be relaxing, there can be forgiveness, there can be peace, there can be joy, there can be newness, there can be life. And you can have life in a relationship if you've committed nine adulteries. But you can't unless the topic of being born again is in the center of your life and in the center of your marriage and relationship. I'm going to skip Romans, go into confess. If you want to get rid of this, confess is speak out. What is confess for? Um, Confess for is every time you make a confession, there is a statement that should be coming your way. And you know what that statement coming your way is? You are dealing with a merciful God. I confess. And all of a sudden you get this boom. Look at the verse. If we confess your sins, you did one thing. What? You confessed. God does three things. He is faithful. He is just. And he'll forgive. And he'll purify and cleanse you from all righteousness. He does four things. He does five things. You do one, he does five. That verse is showing you that there's a God that has so much mercy on you that will make you whole, that will make you clean, that will make you pure. If you want to get rid of things, confess. If you don't, refuse to confess. And as you continue to refuse to confess, you will never understand the merciful God. And number C, um, be disciplined. I want to go back to the Proverbs. This is clearing up the Bible. That verse, Proverbs 5.23, he will die for lack of discipline. Led astray by his own great folly. In Romans 8.5, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires, but those who live according to the flesh, or to the spirit, have their minds set on what the spirit desires. What happens if you are born again, now you're disciplined under the spirit of God, opening the word of God, God give me you. Give me what I need. Give me what you say. Give me what your heart. Give me your mind. Give me your soul. Give me everything you got. And everything God has is right in his, is right in his Bible. So we'll definitely go um, over that a lot longer when we start talking about pornography. But the goal of the lesson today is <laughs> sexual sin costs you more than you want to pay. Um, don't get involved with it. Stay away from it. Stay focused. Stay on the right track. All right? You guys are dismissed. Thanks for coming.